This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, you know, before they were legends of outlaw country, they were lost souls looking for their sound. Don't miss Mandy Moore and the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the rise of outlaw country music and its biggest stars. Hear how one woman's vision in her tiny living room, far from Nashville's music row, became the epicenter of a musical movement. Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in The Boar's Nest. Listen now at audible.com slash The Boar's Nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Hey, I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the St. Jude kids. St. Jude's doing incredible work fighting childhood cancer. And because of donations, like the ones that you get, families never receive a bill ever from St. Jude for treatment, travel, housing, food, none of that. Help St. Jude stop childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope. Get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. It's going to look great on you. So join all the doctors, researchers, and me in this fight. All right, text the word Bobby. It's only six numbers to 785-833. Again, text the word Bobby to just these six numbers, 785-833. All right, welcome to episode 232. We're going to talk about a few different things. Coming up, we'll get with Lauren Elena. She has a new EP that's out called Getting Good. She's in LA right now and probably in the back of a car. We'll also talk about musicians who made it later in life. You know, I think most of us assume people are teenagers or young 20s before they, they blow up and make it. A lot of them aren't. One of them was 65, and they're super famous, and they didn't make it till 65. So we'll get into that. You know, there's also another part of music uh, that is called sync music. And I actually want to play this song. This is from a, a band called Outskirts. Mike, if you'll play some of this. This is called Born for This. Taking off the gloves, I've had enough, it's in my blood. I was born for this. Do you know who sings this, Mike? I do. Yeah, who? Brandon Ray. Brandon Ray is the lead singer of Outskirts as well. Brandon, are you guys even a real band, or is this just for sync? All right, so we we started writing for TV film and sync, and you know we wrote about 20 to 30 songs. Uh, for whether it was for commercials or whatever, but we kind of landed on this sound, this hype rock sound for, you know, different promos, sports promos and everything. And we started writing one, then we wrote two, then it turned into 10 songs that started getting placed uh, on TV. And so explain to our audience what a sync song is. So uh, sync is short for synchronization. Um basically a song that is synced to a TV show or a moving picture, you know, which is, you know, a commercial or a TV show or movie. Uh, and there's things, there's different kinds of syncs, TV film. That's whatever you would see inside of a TV show, uh, or, or a movie. And then there is ad an ad placement, which is any commercial, uh, radio or TV. And so this song here, which by the way, Dude, I love this song. This might be one of my favorite songs you've ever put out. Because Whoa, thanks, man. It's kind of the hype jam. 
Like, it's like, if you like Imagine Dragons, which I do, it's like that kind of white guy football. <laughs> you know? There you go. Yeah, exactly. It's like if, I, if I'm MMA, that's, that's what I'm going to be listening to. There's definitely a need for this, and even in, in my playlist. I just actually posted on my Instagram story and was like, this is my hype song right now. Mike D, play it again. Can Brandon hear that through his phone? He should be able to, yeah. Yeah. Dude, this is jam- that's a jam. And so what was that put in? So that was uh, NFL Network used that for all of their Super Bowl promos the week of the Super Bowl. That's pretty cool that you get to see your song in promos for NFL football. It, it was wild. My, my wife, it was the first time my wife actually thought I was cool. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> and so he's writing songs for his band, which is Badland Sons. He's writing songs for other artists. And now when you write sync songs for TV or film, do you go in with that in mind? Yeah, you kind of go in with, okay, there's somebody editing a, a piece of... Uh, film together you know there's somebody putting all this stuff together so you have to give them edit marks like at the end of a chorus you know at the end of that one it it ends with silence before it goes into the second verse just to give an edit mark Um, and I'm I'm kind of new to this I've been doing it about a year Um, I used to do it 10 years ago in LA when I had a rock band Um, so getting back into it is a little bit different but Man, it's just kind of the same thing, like with with hype rock, with you know whatever you're doing, you just gotta give them a hook uh, to either talk around or build uh, build the moving picture around. Is it know? called hype rock? I call it. I, some people call it hype rock. Some people call it swagger bomb rock. Um, we, we kind of uh, you know followed in the footsteps of bands like Imagine Dragons, X Ambassadors, The Score. Um, you know, and, and what's crazy is we came out with it Friday and we landed like the biggest, uh, independent, uh, workout playlist there is. It's called, uh, training workout motivation. It's got like 200,000 followers. Um, but yeah, people, people love to work out for this stuff. And I love the song. Well, I'm not kidding. I love the song. Good, man. I I got 10 more. I'll send you. (laughs) 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 <laughs> I think it, I think it's so good. So it's outskirts, but without an I. Is that what it is? That's right. Yeah, O U T S K R T S. And Brandon is actually with his band Badland Sons, and so that's the one you actually exist in. Outskirts doesn't really exist, but Badland Sons is your band that you go out and you play with, right? Yes. So in 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 country music, you know, I, I had a solo career and decided to make the move uh, to create a band. And, you know, we've had two songs come out the past uh, two months, one with Lucy Silvis called Crowded House, and then, and then another we just came out with called X's. And we're starting to, you know, book dates uh, coming up in the summer, you know, country festivals and all that kind of stuff. So, Well, check out Badland Sons. I'm a big fan of Outskirts. Got to be honest with you. Think, Thanks, think, think that song is, the, you know, and I haven't heard like that high rock stuff in a while. That, you know, it's like Limp Biscuit without the rapping. <laughs> There you go, and and we we both love Limp Biscuit. That's true. I do love Limp Biscuit, <laughs> and you can make you can make decent money writing this stuff for TV and and commercials and stuff like that. You can, you you actually can, and I, I had no idea until we just started giving it a shot and getting to know you know music supervisors and uh, my publisher at Warner Chapel 
has just been phenomenal at connecting us with those uh, people. Who would we need to get permission from to use that song in our podcast? You, I mean, you're totally allowed. To yeah, use but it. you don't own it all, do you? Um. Well, yeah. I, I uh, me and uh, Christian Hale, the other guy, we own the master. So, Mike, let's see what that rule is, because I kind of like this song. Yeah. As like a, as something. I don't know yet, but as something. <laughs> I can give you Katie Jellen's uh, information at Warner. She'll she'll gladly give you permission. <laughs> you can do whatever you want. All right, we'll follow up on it. All right, dude, uh, Brandon Ray Music, right? That's your Instagram? That's it. All right, at Brandon Ray Music. Good to talk to you, bud. Hey, thank you, guys. Have a good day. And check out Outskirts and, and Badland Sons. All right, there's Brandon Ray. Um, I, before, before we came on, we played that song again. You don't feel it, huh? Let me play it again. The gloves I've had play it from no the very beginning here. It. Okay. It's, it's the whole vibe of it. I'm into this. If you didn't know, wouldn't you think this was like, like you're walking down the tunnel, about <laughs> to go out to the game? It sounds like like the song on like a Madden menu. Yeah, that's exact. Yes, yeah. perfect. The Madden menu. Catchy. I don't know why. I love it. All right, there you go. Check it out. Outskirts. That's called uh, Born for This. Uh, we're going to get into the, the rest of the podcast in a second. What's cool is Mike D has a movie podcast. What's the newest one that went up? Uh, I'm talking about musicians who tried out to be actors. Mm, good not, and bad? Yeah, whether they succeeded or just kind of flopped. Hmm, okay. Did Garth ever act? No. I know that Chris... Chris Gaines was supposed to be a movie. Yeah, that was supposed to be like a whole movie thing, and it got shelved. And then there were some roles that, like, Twister. Yeah, he was supposedly cast in that and turned it down. So he never actually went into Never went into anything, no. Who would have sucked? Like, (laughs) Justin to Kelly. Yeah. Were they on on your list? No, because that that was really just one movie they did. Oh, they did multiple movies. Yeah. I did some with one movies, but I kind of put them in a different spot. Britney Spears? Yeah, she did one, Crossroads. And then the good ones, and I don't know who's on your list here, but Mar- Marky Mark, Mark yeah, Wahlberg. Yeah, that's like the biggest one. He's like a music guy who did movies. Mm-hmm. Mark Wahlberg. Don't tell me. Hold on. Who else would be a music person? It's a really big one. Ludacris. Ludacris, yeah. Fast and the Furious. Anyway, anything else? Chris Isaac? But I guess more TV. Yeah, more TV. I focus on movies. And then Will Smith. Oh, the biggest one. Yeah. That's the biggest That's one. That's the biggest one, yeah. That's the biggest one. Check out Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. Google that. Search that. Not Google it. Just search it. <laughs> Movie Mike's Movie Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. And I'll tell you, Caroline Hobby. <clears throat> Sorry, my coronavirus got on my throat. Yeah, I got it there. Got to get on. that corona out. Oh, Caroline Hobby has a podcast called Get Real with Caroline Hobby. They did a really cool live podcast where they went out, and it was Kane Brown's wife, Caitlin, and Jason Aldean's wife, and Brittany. And they did a whole thing. And by the way, I hear she made some pretty good money doing that. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. Good, good for her. I know some people were like, she made money doing that? I'm like, <laughs> yeah, good. 
Hit it. Go make all the money you can make. Go live one, I'm yeah. a capitalist. <laughs> if you can make money, go make money. And hopefully you're able to get back some too at some point. But you can make money, go make money. You got she got a kid to mm-hmm. she got a husband. I don't know <laughs> providing who. I'm just saying she's got a husband. Um so yeah, check it out. Check out Get Real with Caroline Hobby. And then uh, the Velvet's Edge with Kelly Henderson. There's just a lot over on the network. And I uh, appreciate you guys hanging out. Do you have the Drake? I uh, just flipped the switch. I uh, switched off of it. Flip, flip. So this is right now a TikTok. And you're seeing a lot of people, one person in the bathroom right next to the switch, one person behind mm-hmm. them. And they flip the switch and they come up and they're doing the reverse yeah. thing. It's been on TikTok for like four or five months. Yeah, it's been a while. So much so that I thought it was gone. Yeah, it went away. And <laughs> it's like back again. And now it's back, I guess, because J-Lo did it. J-Lo and A-Rod, yeah. Did she bring it back or did they do it because it's all someone else do it? I think that's the first one I've seen in a while, so I think it was her. Well, now it's back, <laughs> and everybody's doing it. It's funny how TikTok now can roll over into the other social medias. Like everything else? Like Instagram, mm-hmm. Twitter, because a lot of people don't have TikTok, but some people are still trying to do this. Oh, okay, yeah. I just flipped the switch. <laughs> you like J-Lo and A-Rod or no? Not really. Me either. I don't know. I don't really, I don't know. I'm not that interested in them. Do you have any couple that you, you like? Uh, I like Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin. I follow them both on Instagram. Yeah. They're cool to follow. I think they're interesting. My girlfriend goes to church with them. Did I tell you that? Yeah. She says they're super nice. Uh, they seem pretty genuine on... She says Haley's the nicest yeah. person ever. And that Justin's super nice too. And it's like super approachable. And I think Justin like plays soccer in the church soccer team. And they just go out and play. <laughs> I, what it sounds like is... He's completely inaccessible when he's big star Justin Bieber, but when he's normal dude, he just does normal dude things and nobody bothers him. Mm-hmm. Because they'll just be out at the soccer field where anybody could go up and Justin Bieber's out there just playing soccer. That's crazy. And he's just a church where anybody could get into. Like they don't have rules. You just go into the church. So it seems like it's two ways. It's either you can't get to him because he has tons of security and it's like Lockdown. he's Justin Bieber, the superstar, or he's just Justin the dude and he's just out doing normal life things. Crazy, right? Yeah, you can just go in there. It's just a Bieber church. Yep. See, and I'm I'm like that too, where I'm just normal Bobby and nobody cares, and there's also normal Bobby where nobody cares. That's the two. <laughs> those are the two things I'm doing. Always. Um, all right, here you go. This is um, a pretty fun episode. We kind of strung together a few cool things with Brandon, Lauren, and then artists who didn't make it until they were older in terms of making it in music mm-hmm. and how people feel at what age they should make it. So check it out. I appreciate you guys. Uh, thanks for sharing the podcast. Thanks for tagging us on Instagram, Instagram story. And I hope you enjoy it. Here you go. Hey. Hey. What's happening? Just riding in a car in LA, which is really fun to do. Oh, I get so car sick. I get really car sick too. When I think about being in Los Angeles, like that's the feeling that comes into my body is sitting in the back of an Uber, just wanting to be out of it and <laughs> nauseous. Yeah. Yep, that's what's happening to me currently. What uh what are you where are you going tonight? I am going to film with Mule. How's that how you say it? That app where you sing and they can the fans can sing with you. Oh yeah? You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You're going to the, the, the place I'm to going sing? There what to the I guess their office and filming it. Oh. Well I wanted to bring you on and talk about your new E P. Yes. Which I think, first, I think we should do a quick introductory of what exactly an EP versus an LP is, because I think we throw these letters out 
thinking that everybody understands, but until someone explained it to me, I didn't know the difference. Do you know what an EP versus the LP is? It's EP stands for extended play. Nice, and it's the shorter one. Yes, which doesn't make sense. Right. Well, but, <laughs> but when you hear LP, which stands for long play, mm-hmm. right? I guess it does make sense. I, I guess, it, yeah, but right, if it's just extended play, it doesn't make a lot of sense. So... <laughs> I am more of an EP guy whenever it comes to artists releasing music because I feel like I need four, five, six songs to digest and really pay attention to every song. Was that in mind whenever you put out the EP? Yeah, and I just think people are consuming music so differently now. I just wanted, I've been working on the album for a while and I'm not done with it. I just wanted to get music out. I was ready to get some music out. We did the headlining tour and I sang these six songs on the tour and then I realized no one had access to the songs and I was like this is this is not good so I just wanted to put it out and uh, get some music out and I think people can digest it a little bit better than 12 songs all at one time and I'm all for an album if it's for like my very favorite artist right but it's hard Mm -hmm. for people that aren't the absolute favorite artists of most people to become that favorite artist and if you were to put out 12, 13, 14 songs as a new artist or kind of a middle artist, people aren't going to sit, they're not going to hear a lot of the songs because they're going to catch a couple of them and just go to the next thing. And I feel like a lot yep. of songs go to waste because of that. Agreed. Well, tell me about your favorite song, if I were to play one of them that you like the most. My favorite song on the EP? Right now. It can oh, change, but what is it right now? Somebody Else's Problem. Oh, Somebody Else's Problem. That's a good one. <laughs> tell me about that one. It's a breakup song. It's a very sassy breakup song. And I would say that this song represents my personality the best. It's kind of sarcastic and (laughs) you get a sense of who I am when you listen to it, I think. And I've been through a couple of breakups in the last few years, so I think it's time for me to put out a breakup album. (laughs) Did you write the song or find the song? Yes. I wrote the song with Jeff Warburton and Jesse Frazier. And so when you go into the room to write this song, was it fresh? Are you going to say after which breakup, or was it kind of an encapsulation of both? I don't don't even know if it matters. Okay. Hey, listen, I got to ask the question, Lauren. (laughs) You go into the room, and what do you say in the room? Well, I was driving a Kia, Bobby, and I drove my Kia until it stopped working. And I was like, I think... I hold on to things longer than I should. And I've really got to learn when it's time to let something go. And I was just talking about my original idea. I had that, like, uh, the idea with the car and all of that kind of written down in my notes section. And I was like, I hold on to things longer than I should. And I had the idea, it's time to treat my heart like that old car, and I'm going to let you start being somebody else's problem. And my original idea, I was going to do a bunch of different examples. And then when I got in the room with the guys, they were like, I think we could just stick to the car theme because it's pretty cool. And then we did. So we compared love to a car that's breaking down. You know, it's always <laughs> interesting to hear, too, like when a song like this comes out. How long ago was this song written versus how long did it take for it to come out? Well, that would answer one of those questions. Oh, you don't even want to say I bet you I could probably go to the publishing of it, huh? I won't. I won't, no, Lauren. I, uh... I wrote it, gosh, I don't even know when I wrote it, honestly. Over a year ago? Yes. Yeah. Uh, tell me about Country and Me. 
Oh, that's my that. See, that was the other one I was going to say was my favorite. Well, that was my favorite one. That's why I was asking. Okay, maybe maybe Country Me is my favorite too. I don't know. I love them all. I'm really proud of all of them. Um, Country Me is a love song. It's about new love, and it's uh, about a guy that reminds you of where you came from. And I had such a southern raising, and I really wanted to tap into that for the new music. I wanted to make sure that I gave a nod to where I came from a little bit more than maybe on my last album. Because I've spent a lot of time at home in the last couple of years with my family and friends, and I have been wanting to write about them, and I was writing about someone who brings that out in you. Not about anyone specifically, really, but... Whenever you played a bunch of these new songs at your show, which one did you feel like got the best reaction night after night? New stuff. Probably somebody else's problem. Why do you think that is? I don't know. It's it's just it's a really good live song. It feels good. You kind of country in me was good live too because you can sway to it. But somebody else's problem makes you want to like dance and throw your hands up and have a good time. So I would say all of them went over well. Though we opened the show within my veins, so. I don't think people really got to spend a ton of time with that one, you know. And then um, somebody else's problem was in a prime spot in the set. I introduced the band on it. I made, I, I set it up really well and made jokes about the car reference. So I think, I don't know. I don't know why. I'm curious about how you put together a set list. Your first song on your tour, this last tour, was a new song? Yes. Ooh. Yes, and it, uh, we worked really, I worked really, really hard on that set, but we played a video. So I did the, I, on my headlining tour, I did, um, I did this video wall behind me, and I put together all this content. So even though it was the first song, they kind of had already heard from me by the time they heard the song, because it played a video before it to kind of connect with them. But I referenced it, and it just fit the, the first segment of the show. I, I did the show kind of like a play, and um, I did um, – I'm so sorry. We just got where we were going. Oh, you're getting there? They're, right. they're having – no, I'm going to just get away from the conversation. Okay, so uh, so that they can talk. Do you, have to, uh, do you have to go through a guard gate? Is that what they're doing? I don't know what we're doing. We seem to be on the side of the street. Um <laughs> And now the door's open. I think we're going to sit in the car for a minute. Yeah, thank you. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, sorry, Bobby. Um, yeah, so we put... I, I did the show kind of like a play where I had like three acts. And the first act was where I came from. So I did In My Veins and Like My Mother Does and Georgia Peaches and all of those songs kind of like the beginning of my career and where I grew up. So In My Veins was like the perfect kind of setup for that. Well, before you... And then... Oh, go ahead. And then I, I sprinkled the other ones, you know, throughout the other segments, so... Well, let me say this. Lauren's got a new EP called Getting Good. Before you go, you will be the backstage announcer at the ACMs, which is mm-hmm. pretty cool. I'm pretty pumped about that. What exactly I'm will you be doing? Excited. So I'm going to be talking to people after they win their awards, hanging out with um, the artists backstage and kind of giving the fans a view of what what it's like back there. And um, I'm excited. I'm going to be announcing different categories and stuff. I'm pumped. Now, with you traveling right now, are you worried about coronavirus? Am 
I worried about the coronavirus? Yes, I would say. I'm not, like, overly worried about it because I feel like it's the flu. It's basically the flu except we don't have a shot for it, right? But what if they said that everyone's getting the flu? Be super aware of the flu. Wouldn't you still be like, holy crap, I don't want to get the flu. Like, the real flu. I don't want to get the flu. I don't like germs in general. So I, I had wet wipes in my purse before the coronavirus broke out. And I'll have them after it goes away. All right. Well, don't get sick. Wash your hands. And congratulations on the EP, Lauren. Thank you, Bobby. You're the best. All right, Lauren. Talk to you soon. Okay, bye. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your next stop before attending your next concert. Tacova's has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring. You're talking about men's boots, women's boots, um, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition, timeless style, always on trend. And Tacova's has first wear comfort, little to no break-in period. Like it's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Plus, direct consumer pricing keeps the value on your feet, the money in your pocket. So stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop the new styles. You like the smell of leather or no? I love it. Yeah. That's what the whole store basically is. Fresh leather. Yep. Friendly staff. Or like the smell of staff? <laughs> I don't know. I guess I'm sure they smell good there. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. What a gift, too. Regular live music and events. There is no in-store experience like this. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tecovas.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S. Yeah. Yeah. Dot com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, it's Amy Brown here to talk about the incredible work that's being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and to ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in hope. When you make a donation to St. Jude, you're helping an organization that has helped push the overall childhood cancer survivor rate from 20% to more than 80%. And I can tell you from personal experience, that number and the hope that it brings is invaluable. Families do not have to worry about a thing. Treatment is covered, travel, housing, food. And when you're a family that's going through this, like imagine you're a parent, your kid gets cancer. You need to focus on that child. You don't need to be worrying about other things. And financial stuff can get really stressful. St. Jude covers it. Your support means families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment. And when you sign up for just $19 a month, you're going to get the new This Shirt Saves Lives tee. So join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope and text Bobby to 785-833. That's B-O-B-B-Y to 785-833. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How do the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as The Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. All right, this is interesting. These are artists who made it 
later in life. Now, I don't mean like 80. I don't mean like right before they died, but I mean later than you would think because it seems like most artists start at like 19, 20, 21, 22 years old, right? Yeah, early on. Not mid-30s and 40s. A little more rare. Yeah, and so these are some big stars too that started way later. Uh, For example, Chris Stapleton, who is now 41 years old, he really blew up when he turned 37. Chris Stapleton was a behind-the-scenes songwriter in Nashville for over a decade. He was lead singer in a bluegrass band and a southern rock band before he released his debut award-winning solo album at age 37. I would encourage you to go back and listen to the Bobby Cash with Robert Deaton because Robert Deaton is the producer of the CMA Awards and talks about how Chris Stapleton got on the CMA Awards which this performance is really what catapulted this song again to blow up and then Stapleton to do the same thing. But was 37 years old when he really hit it as an artist. Cheryl Crow, 32 years old. She worked as a music teacher at a Missouri elementary school. She created commercial jingles for McDonald's and Toyota, served as a backing vocalist for Michael Jackson in the 80s, and really didn't get cracking on her first album until the early 90s. In 92, she recorded her first attempt at a self-titled record, but the label said nope. And still, though, the album started to be put out, and that was when file sharing started to really be a thing, or at least the early stages of, of people who knew how to get file sharing could get file sharing. And so that's when she got some attention. She released her first official debut album, Tuesday Night Music Club, in 1993, and became a breakout success at the age of 31, 32 years old. And here you go. Here's All I Want to Do. And the song. I I love this record. One of my favorite kid albums. When I was 12 years old, this was was it. I knew every song on it. I had a CD player. And I was like, I'm so freaking cool. (laughs) The first CDs that I had, though, were ACDC, Ball Breaker, and Mariah Carey, Butterfly. Butterfly, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I had Cheryl Crow. The one that I listened to the most was Hootie and the Blowfish Cracked Review, which I later had to rebuy the cassette because the car that I bought was a piece of crap when I would drive it to football practice. So I had to get a cassette to listen to in the car. But then I graduated to a CD player that you would take a cassette that was attached to the CD. Put in, yeah. And you put the cassette in the cassette player and it played the CD player that you, that you like taped or gunked. <laughs> the dash and it had this you put the cd player on it and cd players would skip if you're a kid now and you're listening to this you would have a like a walkman or a discman mm-hmm. and if you like ran with it and shook it it would just skip it did skip so what they did is they built these bases and you attach the base to your dash but the base would shake it allowed for some room much like a, a like a a shock okay Oh, you don't know this? Not entirely. I remember having like just the straight up tape deck that you would slide in okay, it's and that. then plug into like a, the audio jack of a, of a Walkman or something. Well, you, the tape deck would plug into a Discman mm-hmm. and you could open it up and actually play your discs through the car. And then it got to the point where you didn't want to hold your Discman all the time. Yeah. So you would take your Discman and you would put it on a bass and the bass had a fixed bass underneath it, but it had like shocks on it. Okay. So when you hit a bump, it would just like bounce instead of skip. But it still skipped like crazy. See, I didn't know about the bass thing. I by the time I got around to it, they already had like the anti-skip ones. Well, and you're ten years younger than I am, <laughs> so you missed it. It was right when I was. <laughs> it sounds hard. kind of awful, though. 
Well, yes and no. Awful now. Back in the day, it was legit because it was the first attempt to not have CDs skip whenever you were driving mm-hmm. your car. And 50% of the time it worked. And that was 50% more than it used to be. Also, when they had Discmans and they came out, mine was blown. Because <laughs> the Walkman was a big deal. Yeah. And only rich people had Walkman. Only rich people had Discman. But I, I then had my own job. So when I was 16, I was working full time and I could afford a Discman. And so legit, just changed the world. And I remember when one of my friends got a five disc changer. Oh, I forgot about the CD changer. Could not believe you could listen to five CDs at the same time. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> and you just hit a button, it would skip to the next CD. I had the um, Seven Mary Three, cumbersome, and I had that disc, and I would listen to it, but I only wanted to hear one song. So I have to get the disc out of the book, take the book out, put the disc in, and I am become cumbersome, do my work, and then I'd hear it and take it out, switch it out. But my friend had the same disc, and he would be like, you want to hear cumbersome? Yep. <laughs> the disc would, the silver chair CD would move out of the way and Seven Mary Three would go right in. Yeah, it's pretty legit. But that was one of my first uh, CDs. I would say one of my first five CDs was Cheryl Crow, Tuesday Night Music Club. Alan Jackson, he didn't have his first number one song until he was 33 years old. He's now 61. Growing up, Alan Jackson was primarily listening to gospel music. When he was 27, him and his wife, Moved from Newman to Nashville, Tennessee. So at 27, he thought, I'll go pursue music full-time. In 1987, he cut an album titled New Traditional. Did that at Doc's Place in Hendersonville, Tennessee. But it was, it's so rare. It was only released in Japan. I think about that. Alan Jackson, <laughs> the only place this was released was in Japan, which you don't even know. I don't even know if they like country music over there. I don't even know. Or American gospel music for that. Uh, In 89, he released his debut single, Blue Blooded Woman. In late 1989, um, it didn't reach the top 40 in the hot country songs. Don't Rock the Jukebox was the title of his second album. It was released in 1991. Four number one singles. He also co-wrote songs on Randy Travis's 1991 album, High Lonesome. But here you go. Do you have some Alan Jackson? Don't rock the jukebox. There you go. Didn't have his first number one until he was 33 years old. Cause my heart ain't ready for the rolling stone. I don't feel like rocking. Next up, Willie Nelson, 40 years old. By the way, now Willie's 86. But Willie Nelson struggled for years as a singer-songwriter in Nashville. He moved to Austin, Texas, started the outlaw country movement. He was 40 when Shotgun Willie came out, which cracked the Billboard Hot 100. Here you Shotgun go. Willie sits around in his underwear. Listen to the horns. What's funny head. is when, like when Lady Antebellum or Thomas Rhett put horns on records in the past few years. That ain't country. That ain't country. Who puts horns on country? That's not country. And, John, <laughs> and Johnny Cash and Willie, they all. It's that really. That's a trigger for me when people go, "That ain't country." But yeah, so in the documentary, did you watch the Country Music documentary? No. They do a lot of Willie Nelson talk. And, you know, Willie didn't make it until he was 40. But he was a, like a nerdy little songwriter in Nashville. More like a suit and tie and, you know. Always down on Broadway. Once was so disappointed 
and sad. He just laid in the middle of the street and was like, I'm done. Luckily, no car hit him, but just a nerdy little guy. Then he moved, in, moved to Austin and kind of you know, restarted it because he couldn't get anything going in Nashville. Isn't that crazy? It's nuts. Old Dominion, the whole band. And they're 40s. Yeah. Tell them that it's over. Matt Ramsey's 44. Trevor Rosen's 45. They've been a band since 2007, but their first hit came in 2015 with Break Up With Him. They were all in their late 30s and 40s, which I think they're very appreciative of it now. And they've written a bunch of songs a bunch. for other people, but you know they couldn't make it work as artists. What's crazy is that's a lot of songwriters is they couldn't make it as artists, so they end up being really great songwriters. And I hate to put anyone in that spot where it's like they couldn't make it as an artist, but some of the best songwriters in town, like a Ross Copperman, I think he came to town and was trying to be an artist. And I, I know Ross a little mm-hmm. bit. A lot of those guys were artists in some form or fashion early on, and they didn't make it, so like, well, I'll, just, I'll write songs too, and that's really where they thrived. But Old Dominion, the guys in their 40s, Toby Keith, age 29. There was a time in Toby Keith's early career where it was basically a hobby. He was in his late 20s. He signed with a record label. They were going to shelve his first album before his career even had a chance. At the time, he told himself he did, if he didn't get his big break by 30, he was going to have to find work elsewhere. That 11th hour moment came in the form of an early morning phone call 18 days before his 30th birthday from a guy at Mercury Records named Harold Shedd who was interested because he saw him perform after hearing one of Keith's demos. So he produced this shed guy with Alabama, KT Oslin, Kentucky Headhunters, Glenn Campbell, and others. So he works with them. Toby's about to quit and should have been a cowboy. Became his first number one in 1993 when he was 32 years old. I should have been a cowboy. I should have learned to roll around. Wearing my six shoes. But one of my favorites, we'll move over to Bill Withers. Give a Bill Withers clip. Ain't no sunshine when she's gone. I think Pound for Pound, my favorite song ever. I knew it is. This and Stop Stop This Train, John Mayer, Bill Withers, Ain't No Sunshine. Uh, Bill Withers spent nine years serving in the U.S. Navy before moving to Los Angeles to pursue music. He worked as an assembler for several different companies while recording demo tapes with his own money and performing in clubs at night. He released his debut album, Just As I Am, in 1971 at the age of 34. First record, 34. The album features Ain't No Sunshine. When he first debuted the song, he reportedly refused to resign from his assembling job right away because he believed the music business was a very fickle industry, (laughs) which it is, by the way. Clearly, it all worked out. The single helped make Bill Withers... The star, do you have a Bill Withers playlist over there, Mike? Can you pull that up? Pull one up. And he eventually won a Grammy for Best R&B Song in 1972. But like, Use Me is the jam. And I hear a lot of great covers of people doing Use Me. Come on. Somebody should cover this right now. Like a country artist, one of these guys with like some soul. I think Darius and Hootie did a cover of this in the last 10 years or so. You know, I get so annoyed when the Peloton writers <laughs> sing along with the songs. Yeah. They'll just be sitting there with that headset on and it'll be like 90s rock. And they're singing every freaking word. 
I don't want to hear you sing Peloton instructor. Just pedal. Just, to, just say motivational things. Run the class. This one girl just will not. It's like classic rock. She sings every song like we're watching a concert, like a Peloton instructor concert. I'm at 53 weeks in a row now, though now. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty proud of myself. Two Chains, the rapper, he didn't get a big break till 34 years old. I'm different, yeah, I'm different. I'm different, yeah. I'm Before he was Two Chains, he was Titty Boy. <laughs> he changed it to a more family friendly name in 2011. And 34 years old, he released his seventh mi- mixtape, True Religion. First one to make it on the Billboard charts. Two Chains now, been everywhere. He's 42. But yeah, when he was Titty Boy, couldn't get any work, really. <laughs> Not quite. At Two Chains, he, 34, he could. Louis Armstrong. And Louis is super famous now. You'll know the song here. Hello. Maybe you won't know the song, but you'll know who it is. But he was 64 years old. What do you have? What else? What do you else you have from Louis? Let me pull him up. Do you have? Um, I see children cry. I watch them grow. But that Hello Dolly was from his album when he was 64 years old. You probably know him from this. But he was 64 when he hit. Died at 69. So he didn't even get to hold on to that fame for very, very long. Michael Fitzpatrick of Fitz and the Tantrums. He had been working primarily as a recording engineer for years when he was forming the group. He was 40 years old when they released their debut album with their song Money Grabber. He's now 49 years old. I didn't know he was that old. Did you? Yeah, I knew he was older. It's kind of the blonde, uh, like the white hair kind of going. But yeah, I see him, but I thought that was kind of a, a stage thing. I think they dyed it. Uh, Rachel Platten. She was 34 years old when she released the fight song EP, which had this song on it. She's not 38, but here's one for you. Uh, Pharrell had a real big career as a producer. Neptunes. He wrote and produced I'm a Slave for You uh, for Britney. And he would have just died a producer that made it, he said. But he was 40 years old when Happy was released. He's 46 now, but... That song's been out six years? Yeah. He still looks like he's 20. Yeah. And then finally, Sia. Sia worked as a backup singer for a lot of groups, including Jamiroquai and the Zero Sevens, which is the English group, and then released an album under her own name. It wasn't until she was 41 years old that she got her first number one single, Chandelier. Isn't that... No, I don't know if this is true or not. Why does she cover her face? I think she didn't want to like associate her sound with anything. So she wanted just to be like blank. She shows her face now. Yeah, she shows Some. it. But not when she performs still. Is that the rule? Yeah, on stage she always has the wig and covering her I face. I should do. Cover your face? When I do the radio show, <laughs> just cover my face. That's a bunch of musicians who made it later in life. So I thought that was pretty cool. Don't forget you can follow Lauren at... Lauren Elena on Instagram. Always good to talk to her. And you guys, please rate us, review us, and write in the comments that you like the podcast if you like the podcast. We just appreciate you listening. Uh, tell your friends about it. Please uh, post on Instagram story that you like listening to it. Uh, we'll get Kelsey Ballerini on real soon. She was going to come on. 
uh, she got sick. And she was like, I'll still come over. You're like, no. <laughs> Did I forward you the video she sent me? Oh, no. I didn't see it. I can play it. At least some of it. I don't. I know she probably doesn't want me to play all of it. And is yeah, I heard it. <laughs> and she was like, "I'll come over and do it." I don't know. I'm supposed to bobby cast with you later, which I'm down to do. But I'm giving you the option to opt out if you don't want this all up in your space. So let me know. I'm down either way. Um, just holler, holler at your girl. So I hollered <laughs> at her, and I was like, "You stay home. I don't need that in my <laughs> I don't need life. Snipple, I ain't trying here. to get corona right now." <laughs> Uh, that's what's up. Again, thank you guys. Thanks for listening to the Bobbycast. Appreciate you guys making us a, a successful music podcast. So if you have any ideas, too, you should send them over to us. DM us. Yeah. I didn't even thought about that. Yet. Yeah. At the Bobbycast on Instagram. At the Bobbycast. Send us your ideas. All right. Appreciate you guys. We'll talk to you soon. This festival and concert season will be all about the boots. And Tacova's is your stop before attending your next concert. All Tacova's boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tacovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. Stop by your local Tacova store. Have a complimentary drink. Shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, just visit Tacovis.com. T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. Tacovis.com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.